And away we go! Welcome back to another Welcome edition of Relatively Welcome Subjective. I'm George. I'm David. And we're relatives. You're cousins. We're cousins. More specifically. We're relatives. We're, we're <laughs> and, both relatives and cousins. And we have subjective thoughts about movies and TV shows. And All entertainment, anime really. Anime and things. Any sort of escape from reality. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, so yeah. This, is, this is relatively subjective, and we're going to be spoiling some movies and TV shows and stuff, talking about a specific movie today from the title. You know what it is. But we're going to talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. So this is what? Quentin Tarantino's ninth, tenth? His ninth film. Ninth film? If you count um, Kill Bill's volume one and two as one movie. Oh, is that how he's counting I it? I think so. Oh, well, yeah. he's an idiot, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't been able uh, to tell by now, David does not have a high I opinion of, of Sir Quentin Tarantino. not the biggest fan of... He's Q- a knight, of okay? QT, Mr. QT. Sir Quentin Tarantino. Um, but... Uh, he's not. He's not English. No, he's not. Uh, so I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of QT. I think he has a, a couple of good films. I like some of his stuff. Which would you say is your favorite? Also, I just don't like him as a person. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> my favorite. Was... Strong words coming out of the gate. <laughs> I don't like his face. I don't like. I don't like his... the way he talks. I don't like his style. I wish his mom the worst fates <laughs> no. of all fates. I wish him just just ill timed. Diarrhea, honestly, that's the worst. Uh, I'm sure he's dealt with that because uh, we've all dealt with that. Yeah, we're all human you know after all. It's you know whatever. Um, let's see. I don't know. Uh, so he made this one. He made the Hateful Eight. Uh, from Dust Till Dawn. The Django. series he's working on Django Unchained, Kill Bill, and Glorious Bastards, Death Proof, Grindhouse, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, of uh, course. I'm looking down. This is just in in uh, time. Uh, I said Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd probably say. I mean, I definitely think Inglorious Bastards is up there. Um, Django is was. Great. I love me. I love me Django. And Django was real good. Uh, I liked Kill Bill. I think it was. I don't think it was as good as Django, but I thought it was good. Yeah. Um. That's fun to hear. <laughs> I haven't seen uh, Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs in a super long time. Yeah, so I'd have I feel to, like that's the case for a lot of people. Yeah, I'd have, they came out in 92 and 94, and mm-hmm. I was barely born. So True. I feel like I should watch them again, maybe. Um, well, I went to see them when I was one and three. Yeah. And I can I'm tell sure. you, it was an experience <laughs> to behold. Uh, I also, um, yeah, so there might be a Kill Bill Volume 3. Yeah. That's kind of been announced. Um, it's been thrown, thrown around, because yeah. it's been... Well, when uh, the wife in that movie kills Vivica Fox's mm-hmm. character and then tells her daughter, like, yeah, in 20 wanna, years, come yeah. see me. And that's, like, coming up. That's actually, that that year, time. that date she gave her is coming up. Yeah. So Kill we'll Bill see Volume if... Uh, 1 and 2 came out in 03 and 04. So 23 and 24. It could happen. My God. Uh, there's also going to be a Django Zorro crossover comic. So that's, that's happened already. Kind of cool. Oh, is it? Yeah. IMDb is late. Wait, is it an animated thing or like it a It says characters movie? comic. It doesn't say anything oh. else. Yeah, I think that comic okay. happened a little while ago. And then an ago. untitled Star Trek project. Yeah, he's been thrown around as maybe the director for the, the next, next Star, Star Trek, Trek movie. Interesting. Which is weird. <laughs> 
<laughs> Imagine a Star Trek movie in the style of Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. I would love to see a Quentin Tarantino movie where he does sci-fi. Space. Where he where he's like space. dealing space, space, with a ragtag group of you know rated what? R he, madness and space. Should, he should be the director for our um, remake of the movie. Galaxy Quest? Yes, Galaxy. That's too hardcore. <laughs> too hardcore. He's uh, too hardcore of a director for that movie. Maybe. I think. Uh, but anyway, so we're going to be talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But before we get into that, George, what are you watching? Well, I saw the second ep- episode of Ozark with you yes. uh, of the first season. And uh, to be fair, I did watch maybe the first five episodes a while ago. Yeah. And then this was sort of a refresher. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a great show. It is. It is a really great it's show. It's pretty interesting. Uh, I should keep watching it, yeah. but I don't because have time. I hate myself. No, I, I really don't have any time to do anything I want. Anyway, uh, other than that, I've been watching Stranger Things. Yes. I've watched the first three episodes yes. of season three. Same. Uh, have you been watching? Oh, you're past what I am? I Where am, I am? I am on episode. Who I, I am? Think the next episode I have to watch is six, I believe. Oh. So I'm a couple of episodes ahead of you. But they did a really good job this season. I think they they I think they got they did better with getting stuff happening quicker yeah. and they I feel like they also know how to like keep us interested because yeah. I feel like at the end of every episode every episode you're just like oh I want to know what happened yeah so, yeah um, for sure there's not I mean at least for the three I've seen there hasn't been an episode that dragged at all yeah they're as per usual like really really uh harping on the 80s being mm-hmm. all 80s and stuff Very like look 80s. at the mall isn't the mall cool <laughs> in the 80s look at what the, the gap used to look yeah, like or whatever the yeah fun times and, and then uh, lots of other non-fun times <laughs> yeah yeah with that well i don't know what the deal is with that big huge Uroboros thing yeah. yet but we'll find it, out it fucks your face <laughs> and then does something to it and then you become crazy and want to get other people to get their piss fuck. <laughs> so that's uh, that's where I'm at. Face fucking. That's where I'm at right yes, now. Facebook. Have you been watching anything other than Stranger Things? Uh, so yes, I actually have watched. Um, it's an anime. If anyone out there is into anime, um, it's called Eden of the East. It actually is a classic style anime. Uh, so for those of you that know what classic anime is, is the studio that is in charge of creating the anime does a one-off run. So they take a story that, in this case, its story was already a manga, so they turned it into a series, and then, and it's the beginning, and it's got an end, and that's it. There's no sequel, there's no shoot like offshoots, whatever, this is the story. Uh, so it's only 11 episodes, but the last two episodes are both an hour long. Uh, so they, it's kind of like a movie at the end. Um, and it's uh, pretty interesting. I got nine episodes in, and then I couldn't watch the rest, the three, because it's two and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, so I stopped, but uh, I hope to get back into it. Uh, it's really cool. Um, I thought it was really interesting. The, the Sorry, I've got to get this. <laughs> the whole intro starts off with the main character um, waking up, basically, not remembering anything about his past, but he wakes up with a cell phone and a gun in his hand, naked, in front of the White House. Whoa. Yeah, and it's set like today. Uh, but in this universe. An anime in America? Yeah. Ooh. Well, kind of. They go all over the world. Uh. Uh, but uh, in um, what happened right before, I guess, this character lost his memory was that on November 22nd in 2010, 10 missiles strike Japan. Uh, however, the unprecedented terrorist attack, later to be called as Careless Monday, doesn't result in any victims. But as soon as it's forgotten, three months later, 
another missile gets shot into Japan and kills 14 people. Just 14? Just 14. One missile? One missile. Wow. So it's all it's, it's really cool. Mystery. Yeah, it's like a mystery. We're trying to find out who done it, who he is, and why he has a cell phone. And then he meets like this girl who tries to help him, uh, and then she's get like get, gets uh, dragged into it. Um, and it's just really cool because you're just trying to piece together his past while he's trying to also piece together his past. And then like he he doubts himself a lot, and he's really just like, oh my god, am I the terrorist? Am I the one who set off these missiles? Is that why I lost my memory or whatever? I know um, you said it starts with a naked person, but this is guy. a TV mature uh, anime. Uh, yeah, well, so it's funny because even in the anime, his genitals are like blurred out. They're oh. they're like covered by uh-huh. like one of those like anime emoji faces of like uh-huh. laughing face or whatever. Yeah. That's funny. Um, but uh, but yeah, they they swear there's dead bodies and stuff. It's it's pretty mature. Cool. Um, but it's pretty cool. Um, I watch. I always like to watch my anime um, subbed and not dubbed. Yeah. Uh, so, I think that's the way to do so it. So the subtitle. Except for Dragon Ball. Rather, rather than dubbed over in English. Um, that's how I like to, to watch it. But uh, it's really interesting, and it really drew me in. And, I mean, obviously the episodes are only like 20 minutes each, so it's really easy to get sucked in and to watch all the... I, in one afternoon, I watched Do all Do people's episodes. heads get real big when they're angry, and they get a one fang, and they go... Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> no. Do people exhale mushrooms? No. Do people fall on their side when they're... Uh, no, that What's the, what, is, what even happens when they do that? Are they just like... When they're like exasperated. Yeah, they're just like... like ah! yeah. yeah, no, that hasn't happened. Let's see, um, what other tropes? But they're, they're, in one of the women, women that we do find out who's also got one of these same cell phones, she... Uh, I forget her name, but she's like... She kidnaps men and cuts off their penises. Nice. Yeah, so it's pretty It's pretty cool. Well, you can't, <laughs> you can't kidnap a guy and not cut off his penis. I mean, right... It's how, uh, kind of the next step. Yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but it's pretty cool. Uh, if you have uh, have any interest in watching it, uh, let me know. Or if you've seen it. Like I said, it came out in 2009, so it's been out for a little while. Uh, I really like it. Let's talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. That's definitely not the first time we've sang that song on this podcast. Don't. Uh, uh, I hope that's not like a... A trademarked song, and they're not going to sue us. Yeah, no one's suing us. We're untouchable. <laughs> no one's with listening this, to with us. this team of lawyers. We're untouchable. <laughs> Try um, and sue us, Funky Town people. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take you to Funky Town. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Is that all so, you've been watching? Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, that was just one full day, basically. And then throughout the past couple of days, I've been watching like an episode or two of uh, Stranger Things. That's it. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So now, uh, what did uh, you see uh, before uh, the, the movie? movie yeah. here? Uh, yeah. I saw Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Previews. Yes, I saw Where'd You Go, Bernadette. With Kate well. Blanchett. Yes. I talked Where about this movie a while ago. Where she fakes her death? No. So this, the trailer that I saw for this movie was awful. At explaining <laughs> what was happening. I believe I talked about this movie or this trailer uh, like a while ago when it first came out. And it was a lot more serious. Yeah. So it's this woman who's married to a dude and they have a kid. And the kid sees that the mom's like not enjoying life, and she was the, once this great architect. So the the daughter and the mom have a heart to heart, and she's just like, "You need to do what brings you happy. Don't worry about dad and me. Just go out and do whatever you think, do whatever you want." And at the same time, she gets um, commissioned to do these life pods in the Arctic or whatever. So she's planning to design them to make them like heat, you know, cold resistant and whatever, insulating. And it's like it brings her on this journey to the. Like one of the most uh, uh, um, 
desolate places in the world, but then she finds her passion again. Or and then everyone's like, where'd you go, Bernadette? Uh, yeah. And then, like, her neighbor's Kristen Wiig, and she just doesn't give a look. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I thought it looked interesting. The, the trailer that I saw for this movie was... It didn't explain anything. It was like, oh, this, like, funky, crazy lady is going to yeah. go on an adventure. I was like, no. That's, that's not basically what I got from the yeah, trailer. I was, was just awful. like, it was, it was just like, all right, mom is going out to reconnect with the world yeah. and go on an adventure. Uh, but no, I didn't like it. No, but I, th- I think Kate Blanchett does is a uh, she knocks out of the park. So oh, it's, I'm I sure always, she, yeah. it's going to be. I, I'm interested fun to watch. in seeing the movie. Yeah, just that trailer did not do it justice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what else was he? Well, speaking of <clears throat> mysterious shit, I finally saw the trailer for the Goldfinch. Oh yeah. yeah. So I didn't get that one actually. Yeah, I, I got it, and I know you've seen it already. Yeah. So I like had no idea <laughs> what yeah. was happening throughout yeah. the whole trailer. It's real weird. It's just like drama. Like it's, it's just lot. like drama yeah. personified. Like, and, they, it's... and I love how even they like they cut the trailer with like slow motion bits of the bomb. Yeah. So it's just like we're going through some dust, and yeah. it's just like what's happening. And yeah, and funny. it's just like it was so weird the way it was cut up and stuff. Like obviously this is I guess their version of a teaser trailer. Yeah. Just to get you like intrigued. Or, or whatever it is and, and, and I don't know it's always just like I'm glad I took that painting I wish I never took that painting where's the painting where's the finch I know what you did with the finch what finch and then the guy like has some crazy monologue about violins or whatever yeah, I don't know it's, and, it's gonna be weird yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know I the book's know like this thick yeah you guys can't see what I'm doing with my hand but it's like a like a C like an uppercase C <laughs> With my sized hands. So that's have you ever a, seen my hands? That's what it looks like. It's thick. It's a thick boy. <laughs> uh, I also saw <laughs> I also saw Jojo Rabbit. Yes, me too. Which is an interesting satire we're getting about a boy in Nazi camp. Yes. And I Taika Waititi. Hilarious. Taika Waititi. Uh, I honestly. Korg was, himself. There's a couple of times where I actually laughed out loud obnoxiously oh man to the people next to me <laughs> oh wait why because of jojo rabbit oh I was, okay i was watching this trailer and i was just like ha, ha, what as soon as i saw <laughs> hitler i was like ha, ha, what and then like the, both people that were just looked at me like they were just like shut up but i was just like this looks hilarious i am very interested in seeing this movie. my the theater i was in didn't know what to think of it like it's, as soon no, as the trailer was over super weird. people were like should, can we laugh at this? Yeah, or no, I thought this it was Hitler, I right? It was it's great. Like, Whoa, what do we do here? I thought it was very interesting. And I, you know, I think it's interesting that at, right off the top, it's like a satire. Yeah. Okay, everyone, this is a like, satire. This is a comedy, not meant to be like yeah. Hitler's a fun imaginary yeah, friend. Seriously, it's like a kid who's in the worst camp ever yeah. but he's also going through kids stuff camp. <laughs> and so he it's, i guess he idolizes hitler because he was brought up to yeah. and so hitler's like what's wrong buddy and, and then great. you know oh man i think it yeah. was it looked just watch the trailer it looked yeah. hilarious it looked very well done and feel okay to laugh super, at it, super smart i feel like and a great satire yeah so i'm excited to see this movie I thought it was very funny. yeah i also got queen and slim did you get that i got queen and slim very interesting bonnie and clyde type of tale and very relevant with the police shooting peeps, you know? And, um, I yeah. Queen. Hold on. There misspelled it is. queen. It's K-W-E-E-N. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. This looked great. Yeah. I was very excited to see this movie, or not to see this movie, but, like, for this trailer. Because, uh, yeah, it stars, uh, what's his name? Daniel Kalu- Kaluuya. Yeah. Um, and a newcomer. And a newcomer, Jodie Turner-Smith. Uh, and I think they have really great chemistry. 
it starts I thought it was gonna be like a rom-com it starts with them like yeah. on a date whatever it takes um, you on an adventure and doesn't then, it <laughs> the trailer alone and then they shoot a cop yeah I was I, at first I was like rom-com and then I was like oh movie commenting on police yeah. shooting uh, black people Oh, it's a uh, it's they kill the cop. Now yeah. they're on and now the they're run. running. And then they be they're like seen as this these heroes, these heroes yeah. in the in the because black community they, yeah. because they are they cop shot killers. a cop yeah. and they got, got away like with they're it. escaping yeah. the police. And the cop was white. Yes. I mean, not that it really, he was also really a jerk, matters, but yeah. Um, he, it wasn't like they just killed him and I then I don't advocate killing cops. I don't advocate killing anyone. That's the thing. Um, Save humans and stuff <laughs> like don't kill people. Um, but at the same time Especially in this political climate, when we have the Black Lives Matter movement, these two kids—they were immediately, uh, what's the word? Um, Profiled. Yes, thank you. Uh, so this cop, like, get out of the car, and he like pulls a gun, and the girl is just like, "I'm taking my phone out." Yeah, I'm just they... reaching for my phone. I'm gonna record you or whatever, and he like pulls up his gun. It was terrifying yeah. uh, obviously i like i ne- i have never been in that kind of and situation. what makes it so interesting is that they were literally on a first date from a swiping yeah. app and they they're were, they now were Tinder or whatever. they're now together forever because yeah. they they both committed this crime and, and fled and they together, have yeah. yeah it's it was insane so um, it's going to be fun on those fronts you know it's going to yeah. be fun because and they do have the they run. do have like a couple of times where like they're struggling and then like they're doing uh like um they're like changing outfits and they're like trying to be undercover and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, incognito. Uh, but uh, it looked really interesting. I was very interested. Yes. <laughs> it did a good this job. This movie was interesting and the trailer interested me. Um, Therefore, I am interested. And I also saw Harriet. Did you I, see Harriet? I did not see Harriet. David, there is a biopic of Harriet Tubman coming out. What? And she's like a Marvel superhero. She's a this. badass bitch. She's like killing. Peep, oh, she's ready to kill in this trailer, and she's just it's, like it's what is it rated R? Oh, for sure. And I mean, any movie oh, that takes sure. place back then oh, can't really, yeah, can't really be PG thirteen. Um, but but yeah, it it looks real. Like, I mean, all right. So biopics are getting kind of tough for me. Yeah, because we've just lived as long as we have and we've seen as many as we yeah. have and like with the information available nowadays and how much of it yeah. there is and, and so, like so readily available yeah. it's hard to believe any biopic that ever happens I watched Bohemian Rhapsody the other day again yeah. and was just like bothered by the stuff that really didn't <laughs> like, happen mm, no good performances but this didn't happen yeah. and so like if you go further back to when Harriet Tubman was alive how much of it do you think oh, is like yeah. real Absolutely. but nothing. you know at the end of the fun. day, <laughs> it's about like the message and what yeah. she really did for slaves back yeah. then, and so it, it it'll be it'll be good for our generation to get a taste of it yeah. through our eyes and ears and uh, through cool. the medium of, of a movie. I like Harry Tubman. Um, they did Lincoln. They did other people back then. Why the and fuck speaking not? Of biopics. Have you seen a beautiful day in the neighborhood? I sure did, neighbor. Yeah, you saw it, neighbor. That's not neighbor. Mr. Rogers sounds Sorry. real creepy, but he's the nicest man ever. He really is. Yeah. And Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers doesn't look like him, but he can sound like him, and that's what matters. Yeah, like dance. It's yeah. so cute. I can't. Oh yeah! As soon as he was just like, you can play Hi, all neighbor. the low notes on a piano. Boom! Oh. 
Thanksgiving. Oh, just tears. <laughs> Thanksgiving tears in July coming down my oh, face. Oh, man. Uh, it looks adorable. And even like when he, whoever the, uh, the journalist, in the movie journalist was talking to his wife about it. And she was just like, don't ruin, don't ruin, Mr. Child- Rock. Don't ruin my childhood. Yeah. And I was like, me, yeah, yeah, don't ruin my childhood. Because yeah. like, you know that they would have saved some weird thing that he did like for this kind of movie. But uh, it looks pretty good it yep. looks like he he was this amazing joyous beloved man well did you he see um, continue to be yes this and he's played by tom hanks another uh national treasure yeah, so it's exactly. like so much treasure it's like not, neither of them have ever been tainted yeah so like this is gonna be one beautiful movie of joyness yeah it's, it's gonna be real great. bad when something happens with tom hanks oh, no. and, yeah no right i mean you, might, you know, you know what happened with elmo right you've seen that one yeah <laughs> Yeah, but I uh, I saw I also saw the um, the documentary they did on Mr. Rogers. Um, I forget what it was called. It's basically a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah. It's like won't you be my neighbor or something? I think. Um, but yeah, watching that, you just get you just get to know who Mr. Rogers was, and he's like the saintiest of saints. Yeah, <laughs> he was the <laughs> he nicest person. Saint. Every person they interview for that documentary has absolutely nothing bad to say about the man. <laughs> And they're all just like, yeah, he was just always nice. I don't know. Like, he's just like, he, you needed $5? He always had $5. And he always sang a song when you were feeling blue. Like, even when you just didn't oh, know you, that's all you needed. He just like came out of nowhere with a puppet. And you were just like, yeah, I'm, I'm digging I'm this. Down. Let's do down this, Mr. Mr. Rogers. Rogers. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I feel like that's what we're going to get. But with Tom Hanks's body, yeah. you know? So I saw, it was funny. I saw a meme. Uh <laughs> It said uh, at the at the end credits of a beautiful day in the neighborhood, Bob Ross better come out and start the uh, PBS universe. Oh my <laughs> the god! PBS cinematic yes. universe. I was like PBS cinematic be universe. Because you got what else is gonna be on? There? You got that. You got Bob Ross painting. You got um uh, uh is Zoom the, on there. The blue, no, reading what, rainbow. The reading rainbow yeah. guy. Like you can you can basically just take all like the really and then cool they all guys. get together and fight Thanos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they like they fight him with niceness. Yes. And then and then make him repent his ways. Yeah. And, and then he's he... a good hero then. Yeah. Anyway, that's and then gonna Iron Man dies at the end. <laughs> that's all happened. What else did you see? I saw uh, Will Smith, Will Smith, and Will Smith Gemini in Gemini Man. Man again. Will Smith, Will Smith. Are Will they Smith. aliens? Who? Are they are they aliens? Who's aliens? Well, I don't know. Yeah, at the end of the trailer, I didn't. At least I didn't catch. I don't know if I didn't catch it in the last time I saw it, or if this was a slightly different trailer. There was like motorcycle action, so I yeah. just figured it was the same one. He says like they don't, or he doesn't know what we are, or like you know. So I was like aliens, or like oh. maybe something. Oh, I when I heard that also, I thought it was like super soldier kind of thing. Oh, okay. Like so, yeah. But that we all knew that. No one else can fight with motorcycles, right? Other than like super they soldiers. legit, like, pick up the motorcycles, yeah. and fight with them like with swords, like in the yeah. Simpsons. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Well, you know, Will Smith on Will Smith action. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I guess we shall. Anything else? I uh, saw the kitchen again. Yes, the kitchen looks, looks good. good. Looks real good. Looks good. Um, <laughs> Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels. I saw. You into that at all? Uh, we talked about. This. We did. Uh, and how we just didn't, don't don't see Kristen Stewart yeah. in the role, and but you know it's gonna happen. So it's just we'll the, and happens. watching the trailer again made me realize how it's it's campy. Yeah, because it's I mean, like it's kind of over the top. To it's just like you haven't been to the other class yeah. yet, and it's like 
And then they pose at the end, like yeah. the Charlie's Angels pose. It's like, when in real life would you ever do yeah. that? Never. Oh, For no, this anyway. movie. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's it. We talked about A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Anything I saw that you didn't, or uh, vice versa? I saw Good Boys. Good Boys, yeah. yeah. Which is also funny. Looks so funny. And then I saw Hustlers. 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 Uh, oh, with the. Uh, J Lo and. Oh, uh, were there strippers, the, the strippers, right? Who, like, I think I saw a bit of this online, but I didn't see yeah. the full trailer. Um. It doesn't look bad. So they're stealing money from rich people? Is that what's happening? Yeah, so it's Constance Wu, J-Lo, Julia Stiles, Kiki Palmer, Lily Reinhardt, Lizzo, and Cardi B. And they all pick, they all play a gang of strippers. Um, who, a gang who, of strippers? Who obviously aren't being paid enough because they're strippers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they decide to take matters into their own hands because they're strippers. And yep. they steal people, like they steal these rich white men's or these rich people's credit cards and they... And they like legit take them away and like swipe them on whatever else. Uh, obviously, they get caught, uh, and then we don't know how it ends. So we'll see what happens to these strippers. All right, sounds fun. I love <laughs> good strippers. Old, good old family movie. Yeah, bringing the kids. Disney, right? Yeah. <laughs> cool. They're remaking everything. You remember Hustlers from 1933? They're finally remaking it, everyone. Like when strippers steal, then watch this one. Okay. Now for the main event of the episode, we're gonna talk. Yes. Yeah, so uh, once gonna, upon a time in Hollywood. Spoil the shit. Yes. Well, I mean, not really, but we're gonna spoil this movie as much as we feel like we need to. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. if you uh, if you uh, if you don't want to hear some spoilers, don't. We'll skip to the last 10 minutes of the, the film where we give our critiques. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes yep. has this movie at an 84%, Metacritic at an 85%, and IMDb at an 8.7 out of 10. Somehow, all three are in the same ballpark, which, which never happens. And also, I think, is bullshit. Yeah, these don't matter. Only uh, this review matters. This is the only review that matters. This movie. Oh, David's got <laughs> thoughts. Uh, um, real quick, this movie centers around Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, who are an actor and stuntman. And they're team. just good old buddies in the nineteen late 1960s. Kind of, yeah. Uh, and um, we just follow their wonderful adventure in this very vibrant, very cool background of the late 60s, early 70s Hollywood, right? That's basically the movie. Yeah. And we have the intrigue of the Manson family and Sharon Tate in the background lingering throughout. Uh, Why don't you like this movie? Why don't Um, you like to be happy? David. So I thought this movie was unnecessary. This movie was was completely about nothing. Uh, and I've in the past Quentin Tarantino has done this like he's taken snippets of history and he's reworked them and he's made them his own he's made the characters and he's all like he's given us actual history while giving us at the forefront a good story Uh, and I think this movie was the opposite it was absolute there was no story there was absolutely no story Uh, and although I thought Leo did a fantastic job at acting I thought Brad Pitt did nothing. Uh, Margot Robbie's Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate was completely unnecessary and didn't even lend itself at all to the main characters or to the mm-hmm. story. We literally got tidbits of her life, and it did not matter. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, uh, we got. You know, it, I feel like this. I actually I thought of this even before of <clears throat> before coming to this um, 
What's it called? Uh, this Juncture review. in your life. Oh, okay. No, this review. Uh, this movie was a masterclass in meta. It mm. was actors acting in, in a movie. It's a, it was a movie about an actor acting in a movie. Like, it was so multi-layered about the same thing over and over again, about this man in his, whatever, 40s or 50s coming to terms with his mortality, basically, and Leonardo DiCaprio is a guy in his 40s and 50s, and Brad Pitt's just like this over-the-hump action star, and Brad Pitt in real life is this over-the-hump action star. How dare you? He's doing a space movie. And it's just like, it was too, it was too much and not enough at the same time. Mm. Uh... It was ridiculous in all the wrong ways, mm-hmm. and it wasn't ridiculous enough in the ways it should have been. <laughs> the The whole thing with the, sh- the Manson family fell completely flat. There was absolutely no climax when that happened, and uh-huh. I felt cheated uh-huh. because we got all that buildup for him going to see his friend in the back of that fucking shack, and it was just a dude who was fucking blind and didn't even remember him. It made me mad <laughs> that... That that happened. Okay. And you thought that something else was going to happen. You thought there was going to be even more of a climax. You thought that even later in the movie there was going to be like this big whole thing. And there kind of was, but it was too little too late. I didn't think the shock value was worth it. And even the way the movie ended was just like... Yeah. It fell flat and it felt like a fart. And it was, and it was two and a half fucking hours that I can never get back. Jesus. Uh, okay. Um, well, what did you think? Of this I movie? liked this movie. <laughs> I liked this movie very much. The uh, movie fan in me really liked to see just how movies worked back then. I disagree with your this whole thing being about nothing. I think the Manson family and that whole drama was kept in the background throughout the whole movie in order to keep you sort of tense and and wondering what would happen even though you know what's going to happen you like you said quentin tarantino rewrites history all the time he killed hitler so this was like no surprise what actually happens um but i was interested in the characters i was interested in leo's sort of like you you see how people are back then and, and their way of thinking and and just like the fact that this is the worst thing to ever happen to this person is obviously not something you can identify with but it's fun to watch it's fun to watch a a struggling actor like just trying to come to terms with that he's becoming a has-been um i think each character was given like a lot of thought and a lot of uh effort i guess because like just things like uh brad pitt's characters um killing his wife and and uh and sort of just being his lackey or his sort of assistant yeah Yeah, his gopher throughout the whole movie uh lent itself wonderfully to their chemistry uh i will agree that brad pitt's character was basically uh aldo rain from inglorious bastards where he was just like this guy with a southern accent who was like unbeatable and And you know the epitome of macho and like 10 lines <laughs> yeah but yeah but i i think that's where brad pitt excels is when he doesn't have a lot to say but he does that like smolder yeah. over and over again because that's that's all you need you need you need him hopping on a roof taking his shirt off and like looking into the distance i 
I loved I loved the pacing of the movie and how they could tell flashbacks within flashbacks like seamlessly. So there again, another meta kind of masterclass move that he was just right. like he he even that that scene where Brad Pitt was on the on the on the roof of uh, Leo's house fixing his antenna or whatever. Yeah. So he's up in the roof and he thinks about he does he does like a fantasy jump cut to what would have happened if he went on the scene and if he was a stuntman and then if no no did- that was a that was him because leo told him as he when he drove him to that set yeah. that he was shooting for the day yeah he said uh we got, so, got somebody else yeah. you know you know this guy's working so yeah. you know you can't come to this set yeah so he goes to the roof and he thinks about that same line of dialogue and he goes back to the last time he encountered kurt russell's character yeah. and how oh i don't like how they did my man bruce lee in this movie but, but uh, that's that's the part that I'm talking but, about. Yeah. That wasn't I for me. That wasn't real. That was the fantasy. That was him thinking if he had went, and then he when at the end where he come, jumps back to him on the roof, he's just like, yeah, it wasn't worth it. And it's like that was him in his own head. That's how I portrayed. No, that. no, no, no. This was a, a literal flashback as to why he didn't get him on that set because he was working on that western. Yeah, it he, was the same western. Yeah, but he. You remember he was in a tux. Yeah. He was doing a stunt for him in that whatever movie that was. You see what I'm saying? Like, he was doing Green Hornet. That's why Bruce Lee was there. And he was gonna, like, he talked uh, Kurt Russell's character into letting him be the stuntman for the movie, or for the show, and that happened. And that is why... Mm, I didn't get that. Yeah, that's why he was like, you can't come to the set because this guy's here. And he was just like, okay. And then after the flashback place, he goes, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Or like, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, he was like, oh, yeah, like... Yeah, it was it was like a it was like a literal flashback. It wasn't just him to me, picturing. To it. me, it was a fantasy. But it was not. It but was it, to me. It was. But but David, it was literally not a flashback. It was a flashback. It looked like a fantasy to me. But it was a flashback. But it didn't happen. Well, then that just means you didn't get that part of the movie. But that's what I mean. Like that flashback within, uh, like a like a flashback that literally just happened, and then it takes you back to the last time that he encountered uh, the Kurt Russell's character and why he doesn't work with him anymore. And seeing Bruce Lee as Cato, that guy did a great impression of him. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that Brad Pitt could throw him into a car and get it. <laughs> um, that being said, uh, that whole scene with with the um, where he goes to the the hippie compound mm-hmm. and he goes into the house, that was I thought a really good example of how Tarantino like always. Because you've seen Tarantino movies, people die without you thinking they're going to, or they run into something that you're sure they're going to die. Like in this movie, like you knew, everyone thought that the hippies were going to kill him, right? Because he's going into the house when he was going to find a dead body or something. But that whole like, here it is. Oh, it's not going to happen. Here it is. Oh, it's not going to happen. And then that ultimately culminates in the last scene where they stop at that house before going to Sharon Tate's house and just getting murked by both of them. Um, and in a, the like great Tarantino fashion where Leo's character grabs a flamethrower flame from the, from the shed. The, the stupid because girl just after, after takes drinking, the fire in the face. Well, what do you want? Instead of ducking into the water. <laughs> it's a Tarantino movie, David. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's a Tarantino movie. It was dumb. People blow up for no reason. People catch fire. Do you remember in Django, like he shot like a dy- like a piece of dynamite, and Quentin Tarantino's character literally like exploded, exploded <laughs> into a billion pieces. That's that's that that's that Quentin Tarantino magic, you know. 
those effects, those practical <laughs> effects. You call it magic. I love his magic, I man. Call it unnecessary. I don't know. I think I think Tarantino he he knows how to make like this polished chaos, and then when you have that with the backdrop of a fun setting like the old west or the 60s hollywood it just makes it more fun to see um he always and i to your point or like it's hard to tell nowadays whether he's a genius and still a genius or he can literally do whatever he wants in terms of camera shots in terms of pacing in terms of narration and weird spots and like everyone's just eating it up because yeah. it's like, oh, it's that's him. That's yeah. how he does it. Uh, but I don't know. I'm still under the spell, man. It's uh, it's fun to watch because it's just unlike any other filmmaker you like can see. And but I get your I get your like not into it. I am not into Wes Anderson, but I can have 500 people tell me how he's a genius, yeah. and I'm just like, he does the same thing in every movie. <laughs> I don't care. And that's probably where you're at right now. Uh, I will say that there was a fuck ton of music in this movie. There was almost... It was like a two hour and a half movie. And for the first hour, I think there wasn't maybe two minutes without a song Something playing in the background. In the background. Yeah. Someone's yeah. in a car. Someone's yeah, at home. The radio, someone's, had, yeah. I thought that was actually a pretty interesting part too. If you do take out all the parts where they're driving or all the parts where you know there's like a record playing or all the time where even Margot Robbie's dancing... You have all this period music. You do have this filler. And for me, some of it was very smartly placed. Like the the ads and the commercials next to the music. And then when he's driving down and you like you see like the theater and all that kind of stuff, like it plays. You hear you hear uh, reports about Vietnam on on the radio. So it does it does play to the atmosphere, it does play to the setting, and some of it is good. I think creating that atmosphere is smart and fun and great and it keeps us on the ride but i think he'd used it too much and this movie's two hours and 41 minutes i'll agree That's with you it was it did long it did seem abused and to me a lot of it and, and not even just with the music but a lot of the scenes i feel like just ran on too long it was just a lot and even parts of it where i was just like all right we get it move on like please well this is where he divides a lot of people these long shots that he's a fan of they're just because he's a fan of old movies, he loves westerns. Yeah. He loves movies from the '30s. Like he loves, like he's a crazy cinephile. And again, some of them work. Some of them, even when we do, like when we set the scene, when he when he creates the opening shot, like the um, whatever they call it in like the cinematography world, the uh, establishing shot. Some of them were beautiful. When when they got to the ranch and they they like brought the camera back and you saw the car and you saw the back and you saw the horses like. Yeah, it was beautiful, sweeping movement, and then they like zoomed in, and obviously then we get to the story. Um, but then there are parts in the story where we literally just, I don't even want to say Leo's, because Leo, I think he acted this movie perfectly. He did great. We, we saw Margot Robbie in the theater watching herself in the movie. Yeah. We saw Brad Pitt literally smoking, like take out a cigarette, then take out his lighter, then light it, and then take a puff, and then put it back down, and then he smoked a cigarette. I was just like, oh, we get it. Like it was, some some of it was just exasperating, and some of it was perfect. David, that's your 2019 brain, not not being able to... No, it's two hours and 41 <laughs> minutes, George. That's not me. This entire movie could have been shown, I, even if you took a 40 minutes and made it a two-hour flick, I feel like it would have been, it could have been a little bit better but because it was so long and because there was just so much but that's so unnecessary made me mad 
Yeah. <laughs> well, would you say that about all of his movies? Does no. he have these shots that are just like he go has, on for way too long? He has some shots that work perfectly in some of his movies, and they have. And he has shots that I think. Well, I mean, I can't even pick out a specific time where it happened because the only ones I'm nope. thinking of are, are obviously Django, which is the last movie of his I saw, and then Kill Bill. If in well, those all right, two so movies, think about Django. The opening scene, the opening sequence in Django. He's walking through the desert yeah. with other slaves, yeah. and that Django song is playing, yeah. and it goes on for a good while. Yeah. It's just like the song is playing, credits are showing, and it's just them walking in the desert. Yeah. And I remember... I actually think that that was a good part of the movie. Be- well, there you go. Because, I mean, it's, cause like, again, it's, like it's the establishing shot, you're getting your character, you're getting the mood, you're getting the feel of the film, and he's setting it up. If he did that let's say halfway through the film and it was like a full three minutes of just one shot of them walking through the desert, then yeah, it would have But I think that's where the good stuff is. Like in The Hateful Eight, every time they opened that door and had to nail it shut, they kept they kept on that... Sh- you didn't see it? Oh my God, David. <laughs> you probably hate it. But it's, <laughs> but, but it's these shots that he doesn't shy away from cutting or yeah. just... Every, so I, it I makes do, it feel more real. I do want to say, like I said before, whenever they, they did have, they had a lot of shots that were just focusing on Leo. When he was crying at the beginning, when he was getting chewed out for whatever he was doing, for being old, for even when he was acting, he was playing an actor acting in, a, in, in, a, in, the, in the movie. They just like showed him, and when he was doing stuff, I was into it. I liked his portrayal of this character playing a character. Like that many level kind of thing showed, and I think that's because just Leo is good. He's a yeah. good actor. The way they directed him was fine. Uh, when he was sitting next to the girl, when he was coughing, but then also like trying to hide his tears to yeah. her. But then after when he like pushed her down, and then like, at the end when she was just like, "That was the best acting I ever seen," and he started crying. Yeah, Rick fucking Dalton. Yeah. Those were the scenes that got me. Those were the ones that I was just like, "I'm rooting for this character. This person." But Sharon Tate, is great. Brad Pitt's character, Felt when flat. they were just like chilling, boring, were, like nothing not was invested. going on, didn't care. Hmm. Yeah. I was. I don't know if that's my just prejudice. For no, no, no. Leo, I mean, I can I think he just did a good job. I can see that argument for Sharon oh, Tate and and her, her Leo's circle. character was the most developed. He right. was obviously the main character, yeah. so I, he gave me what I wanted, which was character development for this character. For Brad Pitt's character, they gave us that tease about him killing his wife, <laughs> and then like he used it in one scene, and then that was it. I was like, I, it, what? What? Like, did but it I think really he happen? was. But I think he was there as a foil to how interesting and developed Leo's character was. The you had Cliff, who was basically just there to get Leo out of trouble yeah. or just be was, there for he him. He was the muscle. He was like his dose ex machina. Like you know, he was always there for his buddy, and so like. I don't know he was cool with hippies leo wasn't yeah you know like he was a very easygoing <laughs> guy he was basically he was the opposite in a lot of ways but they still got along together yeah. and they still loved just watching him on the tv yeah. like that scene was great that was cute um that bromance you know yeah. and yeah I, I i i didn't get too hung up on on cliff brad pitt's character um being like you know of course, I wanted to know more about him, but I also recognized that he was Aldo Rain. He was like the guy. Like he was, he was never going to face real hardship. Yeah. He was just there to make sure Leo Killing doesn't Nazis. die or whatever. Yeah, he was there to be the one to 
direct in a way like what happens when he goes to that uh the the place where all the hippies are staying you know he's very much in charge of the situation as soon as he gets there he's easy going but if you challenge him or if you tell him he can't come into the house he literally just says this isn't gonna stop me i will come in this guy punched my tire I'm going to beat him up until he <laughs> fixes it. And then I'm going to drive off and I'm going to continue. Like he, you saw how he trained that dog. Yeah. The man was in control from point, <laughs> from the starting of the movie. And even when he was high. <laughs> even when he was high. And yeah, that, I don't know that you need that in a, in a Tarantino movie. Cause everything's chaotic except for usually like one or two characters. Like you saw, like Schultz was that in yeah. uh, Django. Um, I'm trying to think of another example. You haven't seen the hateful eight. Um, yeah, I like that term you use though, polished chaos, because I I can see what you mean, but not in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think the other movies that we can apply that to Quentin Tarantino's, you know, his style or whatever, if you want to call it that, is his polished chaos. There's a lot of stuff going on, and everything's kind of surrounding this one straight line. So like you know this this it might pull the line left and right, up and down, but eventually we get from point A to point B whatever is happening around us is the chaos but we're still following this one thread and i think that that's a good way to make movies i think that's fine but in this movie specifically i thought that there was too much chaos and not enough polish Mm -hmm. uh the polish that that was there was rick dalton he was the character he had development from point a to point b everyone else was like just background the the wild child like wild card like who's gonna do what i don't know i don't care and and that was the point that got me it was just like it too little too late did we get that full climax did we get that full fight scene that we get that full flamethrower thing and i I was glad that it was alluded to that was something that i obviously was a a part of the polish but that was also a part of leo's character so for having uh cliff kind of be this like super chill super Kind of like, yeah, he's a stunt man. Yeah, he fought Jet Li. Yeah, he's gonna Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. Oh, yeah, my, sorry, my bad. <laughs> Bruce Lee. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he bashed that woman's face into the counter and the dog and then, food can and like it like legit like killed two people. Yeah, uh, it was self defense while he was high. But like at the same time, his dog did most of the work. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, he, I feel like they didn't give us. Like he was the chaos, and he wasn't polished enough for me. Mm. Uh, and then Margot, like I said, she wasn't even part of anything. But I really do think that they sh- that she was there, and the Manson family were there as this way of keeping you grounded in history. Because we're we're intrigued by Leo's character, we're entertained by them, and all that. But there's this thing that's in in the background that's that we're all waiting for like that to happen we know it happens in history so we're all just there like when is it gonna drop when is the other shoe gonna drop and so it's just a it's just a way of keeping you it's you're involved already with the story in front of you but you're you're also waiting for the 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 other thing to go and just like being entertained while being kept in suspense i I also did like how it it, throughout the movie he he gave us the uh the timestamps yeah, so he was just like August whatever, nineteen sixty nine, nineteen whatever. Uh, so we do we we knew that it was leading up to 
the murder. We mm-hmm. n- we knew that it was going to happen. Um, I, for one, knew that they were all going to die. Like I knew that obviously he was going to be re- rewriting this point of history because the entire movie was surrounded by this one thing, and I knew he wasn't going to keep it the same. So I guess maybe because it was foreshadowed all that time i figured it was gonna be different and then when it was i was disappointed yeah i mean i was still kept uh on the edge of my seat because of how unpredictable uh tarantino is so i wasn't sure if they were gonna come out completely unscathed which is basically what happened or if like we were gonna get an unexpected death and they would just go up to sharon tate's uh, and just do the deed anyway and then everyone dies because he literally does that in movies. Yeah. Like, it's just like, did you see Schultz dying in Django? Yeah. Not until like they got to the house and he was like, fucking yeah. <laughs> like he literally kills uh, Leo's character. And uh, at the end. And so, you know, like it, it, that just knowing that about the filmmaker kept me on my seat. But I realized that that's not a thing. If you're watching the movie as an isolated yeah. movie, you know, like, separate from if you had never seen a Tarantino movie and you yeah. watched this movie maybe you would have been like oh they're also, fine don't worry I also worry. think there's a lot that he's putting on the viewer like you had to do your homework you had to understand you had to really kind of know history for this movie to kind of make more sense and uh, the average person I don't think was smart enough to kind of get that or even I think he left it. a lot for history buffs and, and cinephiles in there because it is called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yeah. so I'm sure that there are references we are missing oh, I'm sure, so yeah. so bad but and to anyone out there screaming at their at their headphones or car however you're listening to this we're sorry we're not as smart as you okay we haven't seen all the Once Upon a Times no just the so. one in Mexico that's the only one I've seen, yeah. other than this one. There's a. But they're totally unrelated. Once upon a time in America, once upon a time in the West, once upon a time in Mexico, once upon a time in London, once upon a time in Venice. There's a lot of them. Wow. So times happen once upon. All the time. In many places. In many places. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you got anything else you wanted to say? You, um, any, you hate anything else about this movie? Um, I um, was Quentin Tarantino in this movie? No, I don't think so. Surprisingly, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he wasn't in the Hateful Eight either. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I guess he's just like slowly uh, getting away from that. Uh, just yeah, to go. Uh, I'm looking at the IMDb, just going down the list. Uh, like I said, Leo was definitely top notch for me. This was great. Uh, Brad Pitt was a little meh. Margot Robbie was a little meh. Uh, I really enjoyed Emil Hirsch's interpretation or, or acting in, in um, his bringing to the life the J. Uh, who was it? Timmy, T- uh, Timmy, Timmy Oliphant. Like he's my friend. Uh, I thought his character was fun. Yeah. I liked that scene. I liked the scene when when he messed up and he was that like, was "Fuck, you can do fucking it. amazing." That was so good. It he was, was like, "Can so we cut? Good. Just fucking do it. Just fucking do it." <laughs> I thought that was great. Like, Woo! Um, All right. Uh, the little girl was cute too. Uh, Trudy. Um, Dakota Fanning came out of nowhere. Yeah, did not expect her. She to was be in this being movie. a hippie. She was squeaky from. And so was it's um. Real name. Um, so was Lena Dunham. She was in there. Yeah. Yeah. She was the hippie that's like, go get Tex. Oh, there he is. This guy's getting Gypsy. beat up. Gypsy. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Luke Perry was in this movie. And yeah, he did now. And he so did now. You uh, know what that means. Tarantino's got to be stopped. Yeah, he was there Al for the Pacino. first 
10 minutes and then like a, kinda, a little bit in, on, in the was, middle it, it, like it made me laugh his character like yeah. how I've never seen him Al Pacino work like this before I thought that was really? very interesting yeah I mean he was great as what was he a manager or uh, an like agent yeah. and, and he was just Marvin sweet. Schwartz he was sweet talking Schwartz. Sh- yeah Schwartz. Schwartz I thought that was great yeah, and like you, and that was another kind of thing that like goes to this character was only on screen for maybe like a maximum of ten minutes, but we got so much out of him. I thought that was more so the actor than it was the director and writing. Well, yeah, he's Al Pacino, <laughs> <laughs> but Al Pacino uh, can do uh, so much yeah. with his pinky that we could never do with our yes. full bodies. Truth. He's so strong. <laughs> um, David, how many? Let's see here. I wrote this down. <laughs> How many shut doors disrupt? No, no. How many shut doors abruptly ending songs out of ten do you give this? Uh, I'm gonna give this hmm, against my better judgment. I had I had this number in my head, but and then I talked you out of it because I'm gonna give it one more up. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna give this six shut doors abruptly music ending out of ten. I don't know what you said. Abruptly ending songs. Yeah. Uh, out of ten. Uh, he likes to do that. It was just not. It was too much. Two hours and forty-one minutes of <laughs> not enough. Uh, it was a That's lot. A like I said, it. it was just a. It was a masterclass in meta movie making. All my alliteration up in here. Oh shit! Uh, You're a rapper. And it was. It was just. It was Leo giving his damn all which i love and i appreciate you leo leo you're listening to me i love you you're great um but everyone else was kind of just like me and i think all together it was just not enough to make me ever want to see this movie again cool six out of ten how how many dead hippies out of ten do you give this i'm gonna give this eight dead hippies out of ten uh just so i can keep it even with all the ratings that it's gotten Mm. um uh, I, I don't know. I, I had eight in mind before I looked everything up, but I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a master class in acting as well as writing. I really liked the writing in this movie. I thought that the dialogue kept it rolling. And while a lot of the movie didn't take place over the course of a long time and was long, I, so I get why it's annoying, I thought that the dialogue and the characters interacting with each other save for like Sharon Tate and her circle of friends because they were literally there I think just for that tension just to keep that in the back of your mind um they didn't they weren't given much to do not to say that Margot Robbie and Emile Hirsch weren't good they weren't just like you know they were there. at the Playboy Mansion they were set there yeah set. that was it and you got a good idea of their relationship and stuff but that was basically just in the background yeah that was very b-roll yeah <laughs> And, and uh, yeah, Leo knocked it out of the park. I think Brad Pitt knocked it out of the park uh, because he's doing what he does best, having a southern accent <laughs> and being, being a broody dick. Being a broody. <laughs> was he a dick? He, he gave his no, dog two really. cans of dog food <laughs> and pellets for some reason. So, you know, good dog he was, owner. He was good to his And dog. he got away with killing this horrible <laughs> wife who I'm glad is dead because she is bad. <laughs> she was a terrible person. Uh, and uh, I don't think he could beat Bruce Lee in a fight, but I do think Jet that... Li. Ah, <laughs> it's Jet Li. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't think he could beat Jet Li either, um, <laughs> but I I, uh, I think that he was an interesting character and 
Played best he, when he was in a scene he with Leo. Didn't beat Jet Li. He did. Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. Damn it. He technically didn't <laughs> beat Bruce damn it, Lee. Damn it. It was hard. Because uh, he did the first kick. It landed on his ass. Right. And then he said, do the same thing again. And he did. Why would you do it? Now he's ready for it. And the Bruce Lee would never done the exactly. same thing again. Because he flows like water. Exactly. Okay? Or he flowed exactly. like water. He's dead now. He, well, yes. but Him exactly. and Luke Perry both killed by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> oh, no. We need, to, we need to stop this monster. <laughs> But not before he makes another movie. Then we can stop it. And then, and then when he's retired, then you can bring him to jail. Yeah. Then after that. But uh, yeah, I like this movie, David. And you I didn't. Did not. I would recommend, even uh, though you'll probably hate it, Hateful watch Eight. the Hateful Eight. And I think on Netflix because it is told within the movie in parts. Yeah. Netflix has separated the parts. Oh wow. So maybe you'll be more interested in watching it like a show. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I don't think that they're all the equal length. Because like more happens in one part than the other or whatever, but I think there are like four parts. Right. Look forward to my review of Hateful Eight, everybody. Can't wait to hear them. Um, yeah. Can't wait to hear them. Uh, your and, uh, review. And uh, if you uh, want to send us some more information, or if you want to argue with us about movies, or if you want to yell at us for putting up art, or yell at us for not <laughs> uploading episodes, you can email us at relatively subjective at gmail You can comment and, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at relatively subjective. And you could subtweet us hard on yeah. Twitter at RelSubPod. Uh, spoiler alert: We don't care <laughs> if you subtweet us. We yeah. will. We will probably not at you. Yeah. Um, but uh, also, thanks for the support, you guys. Keep liking, keep sharing, keep subscribing. We're here for you. Uh, I've yeah. uh, I've knit you a sweater. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts. Like I said, you know we're, we're here for you. So uh, let us know what you want us to review, and yeah. uh, we'll do it. What are we doing next week? Uh, so there's a couple of movies out next week that I kind of want to go see. Uh, we got Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Ooh. We got Dora and the Lost City of Gold. That's on you. That's and really you we got, And then we got The Kitchen. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Uh, it's, I mean, Nostalgia's telling me to go see Scary Stories in the Dark. I kind of want to go see but, scary uh, movies. The Kitchen uh, looks real good. But I also want to see The Kitchen. I also want to see Dora. <laughs> uh, you want to see Dora. I want to see Dora. Luckily, with the AMC Movie Pass, you can uh, watch all of them. The A-listers. To the A-listers, thank you. Um, do you always do honestly? this when they do that in the theater? Yeah. You will know? yes, okay. <laughs> mm, come. Of course. Not quite. Uh, so I actually might go see all three, depending on how much time I have this weekend. I might see two, depending on um, that also. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll give you a full-on review of all the shit we watch. Shit, we shit. watch shit. We're gonna. I'm gonna hopefully finish uh, also Stranger Things. So we'll see. How yeah, I will continue to watch it at my pace. Yeah. So maybe I'll be where you are now. <laughs> next, <laughs> week. next week. All right, everyone. Thanks again. We Thanks. love you. Love you. Bye. Call oh, your mother. Wait, may all. Oh, of course. I'm sorry. Oh, we almost forgot. Did. Oh my may God. all your times in Hollywood. Be upon a once. Wow, that was a good one. <laughs> May all your Hollywoods be a time upon once. <laughs> I literally it. changed one word. <laughs> it ends so well. Uh, that's fine. All right. Uh, bye. Bye.